lift Forrest up in prayer before the message, and then we'll turn it over to him. Christ, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for all the things that you do for us, Lord. We pray now for Forrest that you calm his nerves, that you help him to speak the message that you placed on his heart for us to hear this, Lord, with boldness and confidence. And may we hear what you are teaching us today through Scripture and through Forrest. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kyle. It's good to be here this morning. It's good to have my mother-in-law in in the house. I've never preached to my mother-in-law, so, you know, a little nervous there. But uh, it's good to be here. And um, the key scripture that we're going to be using today is going to be out of Psalms chapter 37, verses 23 and 24. Now, this is the last Sunday of 2023, and I wanted to bring a message that would kind of be encouraging and wrap up one year and prepare us for the next. And originally, as I prepared this week, I was wanting to use Lamentations, what we just sang, Lamentations 3, uh, 22 and 23, and I'll, I'll read that real quick. The steadfast of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That was the scriptures I told Dwayne and Darla. That's why we sang that song. And and as I studied and prepared, I came across uh, Psalm 37. And I found myself encouraged by these verses because life can be hard. And I thought this text would help us. So, if you will... Turn to Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24. The steps, the steps of the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong for the Lord upholds his hand. And now when I read that one word in the text really jumps out at me. It's the word though. It stands at the beginning of verse 24. Though we fall, though he fall. Some translations say when he falls. Note that it does not say if he falls. There is a big difference between the words when and if. The later states a probability and the former declares a certainty. And David knew that the believers will fall eventually. We stumble. We lose our way. We struggle and sometimes we trip on our journey. No one is exempt. We all fall sooner or later. It's what it's what we do when we fall that makes the difference. We can summarize this text into two simple statements. God establishes every step we take. The good, the bad, the happy, the sad, the positive and the negative. And God promises that when we fall, we we will not be utterly destroyed. Let's start with the first statement. God establishes every step that we take, the good and the bad. In Proverbs 16.9, that tells us in, in his heart, man plans his course, but the Lord establishes steps. The same idea as our text today. Most of us know that God directs our steps in Proverbs 3, 6, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. 
But we see God not only directs or establishes our step, not only, excuse me, God not only directs or, or determines our steps, he establishes them. This includes everything that we do. This includes our going in and our going out. This includes our laying down and getting up. This includes our talking and our listening, our walking and our driving, everything. Because because he is God, there is no accidents with him. Nothing happens to a child of God by luck, by chance or fate. No circumstance, whether good or bad, can come apart from no circumstance, whether good or bad, can come to us apart from God's determined purpose on us. Now, we all wonder what's going to happen in the next year to come. Will it be a good year? Will it be a bad year? I know every school year, I think, I tell myself, this is going to be the best year ever. And then by Christmas break, I'm ready for summer. <laughs> right? But we all wonder what's going to happen in the next year. And I think I know but from my own personal experience, honestly, next year will be a lot like the previous year. In some ways, it'll be business as usual. You'll have some good days. You're going to have some bad days. You'll have some victories and you'll have some defeats. You'll have some sick, sick days and you'll have some days you feel like a million bucks. Some of your prayers will be answered. Some won't be. Some of your dreams will come true. Some will be crushed. Some of your plans will come together. Some will be undone, remain undone. And you'll discover that some of your friends will be there when you need them and others will not be. In many respects, life will be the same next year because we all face the same ongoing challenges in our walk with the Lord. But know this, your steps in the coming year are established by the Lord. He is in charge of the details of your life. The other statement we get from the text is God promises that when we fall, we will not be utterly destroyed. When I read this, I I think of our, our trip. We went to Grand Tetons in Yellowstone this last year, and me and my family went on a and a hike. And, you know, you get there and you get the little brochure with the map and everything. And you're picking out a hike. And I'm like this one. It goes up into the mountain. That's what I want to do. Well, it's a 10 mile hike. And my wife is like, we got kids. I don't know about this. And, and the kids are like, oh, come on, mom, we can do it. So we start on this hike with great gusto. Of course, you're hiking uphill. It's going up into the mountains, up to a beautiful alpine lake. And we start off with great gusto. But before long, our littlest, and really my daughter, but I'm using Felix for my, my illustration, is, starts to get tired. Their legs begin to get, to get weary. And before long, the rocks and roots are jumping up and, and tripping them. And life is like that sometimes. It's hard not to fall. In many ways, our spiritual walk is that way as well. And to be cast headlong has a meaning of being destroyed. And some commentators say it has a meaning of being cast into a deep pit. And God promises that we will not be destroyed. Though we may face desperate and life-changing circumstances in the next year, God will not allow us to be utterly destroyed. Nothing can sever our relationship with him. The reason is clear. He upholds us by his mighty hand. Soon I was holding Felix's hand, so if he stumbles, he was safe because I was holding him up. Well, dragging him. And God the Father is doing the same. He is holding us up when we fall. 
Note that the fall may be a fall into trouble or into a crisis or maybe a fall into some serious moral sin. The fall might be occasioned with a job loss, health problems, a breakup of a marriage, end of a friendship, bankruptcy, could even be moral sin. A series of foolish choices that that lead you in the wrong direction and hurt your relationship with God and, and those around you. Sometimes the fall of circumstances can lead to a different kind of fall, a fall into bitterness and anger and uh, substance abuse and rage and uh, lust and adultery and all kinds of sinful actions. And the Bible repeatedly shows us that this can easily happen to the best of people. The Bible tells us the whole the whole truth about. Excuse me, the Bible, the Bible tells us the whole truth about human nature. We see men and women faithful one day and very fickle the next. We learn that people sometimes, strong people, sometimes do very stupid things. And often saints act like sinners. Think of Noah. He built an ark to save his family. Hadn't seen rain in like a hundred years. He was very faithful. But after the ark, he got drunk and exposed himself to his sons. We have Abraham, who left uh, Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the promised land, but only to lie about his wife, Sarah, twice. Uh, Moses um, led the Israelites out of Egypt, but killed an Egyptian and tried to cover it up. And then you have David, who wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, a man after God's own heart. But yet he had uh, adultery with Bathsheba and had Uriah killed to try to cover it up. And then we have Peter, full of courage. He declares, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But little does he know himself when he was in the upper room boasting that um, that if everyone else falls away, he would never fall away. But it was Peter who uh, melted like butter when a teenage servant girl asked him by a campfire if he knew the Lord. Peter denied Christ three times. These stories are in the Bible to instruct us and encourage us. They teach us that even the best men under pressure can do very foolish things. No one is beyond the reach of temptation. Very very godly people can make some very wrong choices, and they suffer greatly for them. And the cause of others, and often cause others to suffer with them. It's good that the Bible shows us this. We would... We would be tempted to deny the reality. We would like to think I'm beyond that temptation, but never say that. You don't know what you're beyond. Today's victory could be tomorrow's defeat. Satan roams the world like a mighty lion looking for overconfident Christians to devour. Here are two other verses that we should consider. Proverbs 24, 16. Proverbs 24:16 says, "Though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again, but the wicked are brought down by calamity." We may fall again and again. Trouble may come our way again and again. We may struggle again and again. But it's not the Lord's purpose that we but it is the Lord's purpose that we should rise again and again. Psalms 145:14 declares, "The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up those who are bowed down. 
when you fall, remember this. God never intends for you to stay down forever. He intends for you to rise up and keep walking on. There are four practical applications of truth that I found in these verses. The first is every detail of life is under God's control. Intellectually, we know this is true. If God is God, then he must know all the things that happens to us. In some sense, we can't really fully understand the all things, which includes both the good and the bad that comes our way. But we can know this. Since every detail of life is under God's control, we can remain confident and peaceful even when life seems to be spinning out of control. The next point I'd like to make is God takes pleasure in our struggle to walk in holiness. Now, this is a complex thought. In the last part of verse 23, back into Psalms 37, it says, and he delights in his way. The he refers to God and the his refers to the individual believer. Consider a father with a young daughter who's learning how to walk. For months, she's been crawling and recently has learned how to pull up and and maybe take a few steps guided by the, the father's hand. As, as the, the child starts to take the first few steps, she pulls her hand away and she falls. Does the father spank her? Of course not. Every good parent knows that falling is part of, of, is part of learning how to walk. It's a necessary part. If you never fall, you will never learn to walk. And parents do their children no favors by being protective that their children never fall down. It's better that a child fall a hundred times than never learn how to walk. Falling isn't fun for the child. And a wise parent knows that falling always comes before walking. The father doesn't enjoy seeing his child fall down and cry. But he rejoices at the fact that the child is learning how to walk and learning how to do new things. And this applies directly to falls we take spiritually. Our struggles are necessary, even though they are not uh, easy or pleasant to to endure. Sometimes and often, we bring trouble on ourselves by the foolish choices we make. And sometimes we end up hurting ourselves and those around us greatly by repeating those bad choices over and over again. Marriages end, friendships are broken, churches split, children suffer, and the cause of Christ is hurt by the things we say and do. Sin is serious business, and we never sin without hurting ourselves, and very often, those around us. I do not want to suggest that God takes pleasure in our sin or that our sin does not bring punishment. But when we sin, we sometimes wrongly conclude God must hate us now. And in our despair, we want to hide in a closet and never come out. How could God ever take us back after what we did? The answer is God loves his children with an everlasting love. Nothing we say or do can ever separate us from the love of God. We are joined to the Father with bands of eternal love stronger than steel. He loves us too much to let us go on in sin forever. And when we turn back to him with trembling lip, deeply guilty, fearing the worst, thinking all hope is lost, we discover, we discover the good news that he waits with open arms for us to come home to him. The prodigal son finally came to his senses in a far-off country. 
having wasted his inheritance with heinous living, ended up eating with the pigs, having rehearsed what he would say, feeling no longer worthy to be called his father's son, in the midst of his shame and despair, trudging down the road home. And after all that, when he was yet a far way off, the father came to meet him, hugged him, and smothered him with kisses. When your children disobey, you punish them. Do you hate them or do you love them? You punish them because you love them, because your heart is broken at their disobedience. The same is a million times true with our Heavenly Father. The things we suffer for our disobedience prove that God still loves us. He waits anxiously for the slightest turn in his direction. No matter what we have done, if, if we will return to the Lord, he will abundantly pardon us. One more point. God permits us to fall and when he could stop it. Then what he permits must ultimately be for our spiritual benefit. It's not the fall itself, but what we eventually learn from it. If God allows it, if God allows us to suffer when he could stop it, the suffering itself is not good, but the pathway can lead to enormous blessings. The next point I'd like to make is God designs our trials so they will not destroy us. Verse 24 says, assures us that though we may stumble or fall temporarily, we will not be utterly destroyed. God will not allow anything to permanently destroy our relationship with him. Not even death itself can sever our strong connection with God. But in the midst of the fall, it's hard to believe that anything good can result from the difficult trial. During the worst moments, we take this by faith and hang on to God, believing that good days must eventually come. Think about Job. He lost everything. Joseph was cast into prison on a phony rape charge. Jonah ended up in the belly of a great fish. (laughs) Jonah was a very reluctant prophet whose final words were both angry and accusing, but yet he was God's man for Nineveh. And God put him in the belly of a fish to have him think about it for a while. And eventually he was puked out on a beach. I'm sure not a pleasant experience. Job lost everything, but gained back more than he lost. Joseph ended up being the second most powerful man in Egypt. Sometimes our trials lead to promotion. Other times we end up on feeling like we've been puked up on a beach. God does it both ways, and I'm sure if we live long enough, we'll experience both. But God has had bigger things in mind for all three of these men. He wasn't through with Job, Joseph, or Jonah. Nor is he through with us just because we stumble or fall. The fourth point I'd like to make is is when we fall, we won't ultimately, we won't utterly fall because God won't let us go. God's love is firm. His purposes are eternal. Our salvation doesn't rest on our performance, but on God's unchanging nature. We must not pretend that trials never happen to to, uh, Christians or Christians that never suffer. We suffer like everyone else on this sin-cursed planet. Nor is it good when we fall into sin. Just ask any Christian who has fallen into a moral sin how good it was. Sin delights for a season. But Satan apples have worms. But there is an important truth to the passage we need to understand. 
God is at work in our trials and in our falls in a way we never dreamed, never knew, and never saw at the time. Nothing is wasted with God. All things truly work together for our good and for God's glory, even though we rarely see them in advance. As I close, your struggles are necessary, so fight on. Your father has not forgotten you, so hang on. Your future is assured, so walk on. God will not put you in an unbearable situation in 2024. He may put you in a situation that seems unbearable, so you turn to him. Remember that God does not give strength in advance, but only when needed. Each day this year, you will have what you need. We may therefore go into the new year with confidence, hope, and joy. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this scripture and just, you know, thank you for Darla and Vicki. They were, you know, I was sitting there thinking, like, I want to encourage these people. And then I see Vicki get up there and how can you not be encouraged by what she shared? And, and then Darla's enthusiasm and, and singing and worshiping through music, that is encouraging as well. And I hope the message is also encouraging up with people as well, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen.